Welcome to Get Uncomfortable with Dakota and Shay, the podcast where we discuss why we enjoy seeking out challenges and how this stimulates personal and professional growth. The goal of this podcast is to help you learn to welcome adversity into your daily routine. Through discussion, we want to show you how seeking out challenges will help you grow in all areas of your life. We plan to cover topics such as surrounding yourself with the right people, the importance of physical exertion, learning new and difficult skills, and many others. We hope you enjoy the show. What's up, my Get Uncomfortable compadres? Welcome back to another episode of Get Uncomfortable. If this is your first time listening to the show, this show is all about embracing discomfort, embracing the difficult things in life, uh, seeking out challenges, which are opportunities in disguise, is my opinion. And when you do that, you are helping prepare yourself for the unknown, the unknowable, and stressors that will come up in your life. If you regularly choose the harder path in life, you will be able to better handle it when unknown or unforeseen stressors happen to you. That's kind of what the whole get uncomfortable philosophy is about. It has taken me from a weak, meek, uh, scared person to somebody who started a business, uh, made a successful gym business with personal training and all sorts of group classes and uh, all sorts of things. Got into jujitsu. I do ice baths, got into hunting and backpacking very far and with heavy weights. Took me from somebody who was scared to do anything to somebody who was ready to take on anything. And it's improved my life immensely. And I just kind of sat down and synthesized like what is the common theme of people who get a lot of shit done? They do hard stuff regularly and they don't shy away from discomfort. Now discomfort can mean literally physically hard things, but it can also mean the inner work that people are scared to do. So Paul Chet calls it working in. Doing the meditation, dealing with your personal biases, your coping mechanisms, if they're bad, you know, some people use drugs and alcohol, some people use TV, some people use food, um, whatever that is, you're dealing with that shit too, your interpersonal relationships, making yourself a better person for other people, that's what getting uncomfortable is about, it is not just one thing, it is going deep into yourself and assessing what you need to improve upon, so thank you for tuning into the show, if you haven't yet, please leave us a rating or review uh, wherever you listen to this show. That helps us immensely. That helps grow the show. That helps people understand what the show is about. So if you haven't done that, please do that for me. Um, I really appreciate everybody who has done that already. Today we're going to talk about upper and lower cross syndrome. Um, and then I'm just going to talk about some of the rehab protocol for upper cross syndrome specifically. Because uh, I don't want to make this a really long episode. And then we are... Uh, before we get into that... I'm going to do a little a little talking on something I, I've been thinking about as well. So uh, let's get into the show. I have been thinking about this a lot. Uh, our food system in this country, as most people know, is totally screwed, totally out of whack. And um, it's hard for people to understand this. So I was, okay, I'm just going to say it. I've been drinking raw cow's milk from a local dairy producer who I trust who has very good, clean dairy practices, and uh, I feel much better drinking that than I ever have drinking store-bought milk that is pasteurized and homogenized. And a lot of people, the government, if you look, I looked up on the CDC website, and the first thing that they say about raw milk is like, you're putting your family at risk for death. 
Like you're going to die if you drink raw milk. And to be honest with you, I was a little worried. I was a little scared to drink raw milk initially. I've done raw goat's milk and raw cow's milk. Uh, I've been on some Jersey A2, A2 protein cow's milk. And uh, it's amazing. It's the best milk I've ever had in my life. I have no gut distress when I drink it. I can drink a lot of it and I have no gut upset. I have no, uh, none of that mucus buildup sometimes when you drink a lot of milk. And a lot of people say that's bullshit, but it's not. And, um, you know, that's my lived experience. So you can tell me you don't have any studies to back that up, but that's my lived experience. I don't have that when I drink this. I have no gut upset or distress. And I know other people in my community who are doing that as well. And they say the same thing. But the CDC will tell you that that is going to kill your family. You know, that's going to kill your family. Are you shitting me? Because I can go to the store right now and they have, I saw this the other day, this bright blue Captain Crunch themed syrup, maple syrup, that is full of God knows what chemicals, full of sugar, full of bullshit that will kill you. over time, will cause diabetes, will cause chronic issues, will shorten your life, or at least ruin the quality of your life over time. Might not be immediate, but over time. So I can go to the store, and I can buy that, and I can give that to my kids every single day if I want to. I can give them a whole bottle a day, right? I could do that, and there's no warning on on the CDC website about that. So that's going to fuck you up. That's going to fuck your kids up. I'm going to be honest, and that pisses me off. Because there's no warning on that, right? And even during COVID, there was no talk of don't eat fast food. What was closed down? Healthy restaurants, small local restaurants, local producers were shut down. What was open? What was essential? McDonald's, Burger King, Walmart, these fucking huge corporations that do not have any interest in making your life actually, the quality of your life, better, okay? So you're telling me that raw cow's milk from a local producer who has good, clean dairy practices that has a bunch of good probiotics, all sorts of vitamins and minerals, tons of healthy fat in it for hormone production to help the the nervous system function properly to build up your muscle and bones. That's going to kill my family. But I can go to the store and I can buy 37 pounds of candy. I could buy all this bullshit. I mean, you can't find anything that doesn't have artificial sweeteners, preservatives, colors, additives in it. That's fine. We're not going to talk about that but don't, don't drink raw cow's milk. Oh God, don't do that. I don't trust you anymore. You are lying to us. That is bullshit. And that's an insult to bullshit, to be honest with you. So I was just thinking about that. Like you can do things that would make your life better, healthier, things that might set better with you, or you could do what the government and the FDA would tell you to do which is go eat all the fake fucking food that we have in America and ruin your health, ruin your children's health, ruin your family's health, but at least you're doing what they say, right? If you look at the list of ingredients in America versus Europe even, the, the amount of chemicals and things that are known carcinogens, things that are full of all sorts of toxins, the list is insane, the difference. Look it up sometime. The stuff that they allow in their food in Europe versus what we allow here in America. And you're telling me that it's totally okay for me to go just fill my kid full of sugar, fill my kid full of toxins. And if you don't know what you're looking for, it's in everything, by the way. Unless you know where your food comes from. Unless you hunt or you have a local rancher or producer or you have a local uh, farm that you get your stuff from. 
it's in everything. It's they spray shit. They don't even have to tell you. It's just insane that the way that that this food system is set up here in America. So what I'm saying is, don't listen to people who don't have your best interest at heart. If you think it's still a conspiracy theory that there that there's people out there that have a plan to make you weak, sick, uneducated, uninformed, and and just generally uh, a low-quality life, if you think that there are not a group of people out there doing that, you're silly at this point. Like, you're, you're ignoring the truth. Because it's easier to ignore the truth, right? It's easier to say, well, that's not happening. That's just, this is just a byproduct of capitalism. Capitalism is bad. No. No. That's not true, first off. I'm not going to get in, this is not an economics podcast, but no. There is the shit that is allowed in our food would not be allowed in our food if health was top of mind for people. And during the pandemic, what should have been talked about all the time was personal health, eating well, drinking water, getting good sleep, exercising, getting vitamin D, getting outside, getting sunshine. Instead, they told you to stay inside and eat fucking fast food. Which one do you think, which one of those paths do you think is going to make you healthier, make you more resilient as a human? Okay. You can figure that out. So I've been thinking about that, and that's insane to me. So uh, find alternative sources of information for your health. Find people that want you to be healthier. Find people that want you to eat better. Paul Check is a great place to start. Um, I mean, God, there's so many people. Rhonda Patrick talks about this. There's a uh, an account on Instagram called The Food Babe. She talks all about like what is in the fast food, what is in all of the Pop-Tarts, all the bullshit that you can find at the store, all the chemicals and additives, preservatives, bullshit that's in our food. But start looking for that stuff and then you can start to figure out what food is healthy and what food is not. Because just going to the store and buying lean pockets is not healthy. Just because they put a leaf on the box, that's a scam. That's a trick to make you think that it's healthy. It's not healthy, okay? So... That's my first rant of the day. I've been thinking about that for a while. Second thing is, uh, we're going to get into the upper cross and lower cross syndrome. So, uh, upper cross, let's talk about upper cross. I kind of talked about this on the last podcast in my breath series, and I thought this would be a good time to break this down. So, the upper cross syndrome is where uh, you see this with a lot of people. They call it like text neck. They have their head forward. They have their internally rotated shoulders, so their shoulders are pulled in and tight together. Um, kind of like somebody who's like cold or depressed, they hold themselves in that position. I have this, I've been dealing with it. Um, so let's talk about the muscles that are involved with this. So the tight muscles, we're going to go to the back side of the body. It is your upper traps and levator scapula. That's the muscle that, that moves, that elevates your scapula up. Upper traps and levator scapula are tight. So the back muscles are tight and in the front, the pecs are really, really tight. Pec minor, pec major is often really, really tight. That's what pulls your shoulders in and down. So that is from the back to the front. Okay, that's one line of an X. The other line of the X is weak, deep neck flexors. So your sternocleidomastoid, those are weak, right? Um, everything that would hold your, push your head back and allow you to hold your head up like a really aligned posture. Those muscles are weak. And on the back side, weak lower traps. So the lower traps that we're just talking about, those are weak. And your serratus anterior is weak. So that makes an X. If you're imagining the two lines of an X, you have to 
get the muscles that are tight loosened up and you have to strengthen the weak muscles. This is hard to do on a podcast, I think, if people can't see it. So just Google upper cross syndrome um, and you'll see a picture. A picture will pop up and it'll break down for you what what I'm talking about. So just Google that on your phone and you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. So you need to relax the tight muscles and you need to strengthen the weak muscles. That's what's going to improve your posture. Okay. So you need to stretch your pec minor and your pec major. There are a ton of different stretches you can do. Um, look up your pec minor stretch on a Swiss ball. Um, and then you can also do exercises like uh, I stretch my levator scapula as well. But then the exercises that you want to do, one that I do all the time is called prone cobra. That's where you lay face down on the floor and then you pick your head and your chest up. Your arms are kind of like back at a 45 degree angle. So as you rotate and you pick your head up, you turn your thumbs up towards the ceiling. Okay. And you hold that position for like, let's say 30, 45 seconds, a minute. I'll do anywhere from 30 seconds to a minute, depending on the day, how tired my muscles are. But you want to accumulate 180 seconds in that active position of prone cobra. Okay. Uh, Band pull-aparts are a good thing that you can do. You rotate the shoulders back and down. You drive your head back. Like if you're driving your head back into the wall, so you have good posture. And then you uh, do band pull-aparts. So you take a band you literally pull it apart. You try to squeeze your shoulder blades together. So you're working the muscles that are weak, the lower traps. Uh, another stretch I like to do is to stretch the sub-occipitals. Um, I might just post a link in the uh, show notes on this episode so you can see it. I'm not going to explain it. It's kind of hard to explain. But I'll post a link to some of these stretches and exercises in the show notes so you can see what we're talking about. But <clears throat> I wanted to talk about upper cross syndrome because it's very, very common I see it all the time, and if you don't address it over time, uh, you'll start to get all sorts of tension headaches and migraines, and you get poor posture, and you start to get neck issues. Your bones start to kind of deform a little bit over time. You just get into really bad posture. You can undo it, though, is what I'm saying, and it's very important that you do undo it. You see this all the time. I see this all the time. I have it, uh, and I'm working against it. So just be aware that your posture is really, really important. Now, the other part that plays into this posture is breathing, okay? So part of the reason I have upper cross syndrome is because I have a bad breathing pattern. I breathe wrong. I've talked about this on the last two episodes, and I'm doing more episodes on it. I have another one coming, hopefully this week, maybe next week. We're going to Florida this week, um, about basically your, your breathing. It's called an inverted breathing pattern. You breathe up into your chest, and you turn on all the accessory muscles, so the upper traps, the neck muscles start to turn on. They get really, really tight. But what you're doing is you're sending your body into a constant state of stress. You're sending fight or flight signals to your body, and then your muscles don't relax. So you're using those muscles to breathe, which makes them tight, overactive, and you're never stretching the abdominal wall. So your core is not functioning properly. This literally goes into a whole host of things. But posture is super important. So you need to start working on fixing your posture. Now, if you start working out, all the time, and you have poor posture, and you work out those muscles that are really tight. I was guilty of this. I think this is what kind of led to some of my issues. I already started to have that because I had a bad breathing pattern, started to exhibit some symptoms, some uh, symptoms of upper cross syndrome, and then I would do bench press all the time. I would do push-ups all the time. Um, I would do things that would make it worse. So if you don't start to address that stuff before you work out and then constantly work on it, but you continue to make those muscles more tight, you will make it worse. 
and then you start to have issues. I was having migraines that were so bad, I literally didn't know what to do. I started getting MRIs, I started going to physical therapy, I started looking at all this shit, and nothing was working until I figured out, okay, it's my breathing pattern initially, and these are the exercises I need to do. So you have to start to fix your posture. So just look up upper cross syndrome. There's all sorts of exercises you can do for that. The prone cobra is the main one that I really, really like. Stretching the levator scapula, um, stretching the suboccipitals, which are the muscles at the base of the skull, um, and then strengthening your deep neck flexors. So I will literally stand against a wall and like have my head and shoulders on the wall, and I'll drive my head back into the wall while I tuck my chin really tight. And you'll push your head back into the wall and it'll feel like all the muscles on the front side of your neck, um, like around your throat, are going to cramp. But they don't cramp. They're just weak and they're not used to being turned on at all. They're not off. They're just inhibited. And when you turn them on, you start to fix your posture by doing that stuff. So look up upper cross syndrome, uh, like rehab, uh, treatments, exercises, and you will start to feel much, much better if you're suffering from headaches, if you're suffering from uh, trap pain, oftentimes like a lot of uh, upper trap pain. Um, if it hurts a lot, that is part of your problem. You got to stretch out your pecs. You got to get those muscles to relax. You got to change the way that you breathe. If you're interested in changing the way you breathe, listen to my last two episodes and subscribe to the show because we're going to be listening to more episodes. And uh, the last thing I was going to talk about is make sure you go out and vote this year. It's going to be very, very important. It is time to go out and vote. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I would recommend voting for the candidate who is promoting the most freedom. Because from what I've been hearing, if we don't do that, it's not going to be a good, not going to be a good route. Gas is going to get a lot more expensive. Uh, everything's going to go to shit, basically, is what it sounds like. So make sure you go out and vote. It's really easy to say, I don't need to vote. They got it handled. I got it covered. I've been guilty of that, too. I'm not doing that this year. You don't do that this year. Go out and vote. Do some research on the candidates. Do some research who's going to be on your local ballot and go out and vote for the person who's promoting freedom so we can keep this country what it stands for, which is personal excellence, building yourself up, and freedom. It's very important. Okay, thank you so much for tuning into the show. I might have one more episode for you this week if I have time. Uh, If not, we will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Go get uncomfortable.